In this episode, we interview Ben Brugman, who's the strength coach at the Brisbane Lions women's AFL team. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off, mate. Um, thank you very much, Ben, for jumping on the Reach Your Potential Now podcast. This is episode number six for me, so I'm pretty keen to have a chat, um, hear about your journey, where you've come from. Um, uh, yeah, with me today, I've got Ben Brugman, who's the S&C coach for the Brisbane Lions women's team. Ben, how are you? Hey, mate. Good. Yourself? Yeah, going good. Busy. Um, yeah, loving life. Good. Good. Awesome, mate. Um, we'll jump straight into it this morning. Um, do you care to just share a little bit of your journey, um, what you're doing, a bit of background, um, who do you work for? Um, yeah, let's start with those couple. Yeah. So as you just said right now, um, job sort of strength coach with the, uh, the women's team over at the Lions. Um, that's just been sort of the season just gone. That's my first, uh, first year there. And um, prior to that, I guess I'm Brisbane boy originally. Uh, grew up here. First work was um, with a private sports performance company called Acceleration, um, based in. They've got a couple of centres in Brisbane and um, one down on the Goldie. Awesome. Um, that sort of got me my start, and uh, they have a strong association with basketball. So through that, um, found my way into a job with the uh, NBL team in Adelaide, the Thirty Sixers. Moved down there and did two seasons there, um, as well as one season with one of the local uh, AFL sides in the sample competition down there. Um, then a, an opportunity came up to make the move over to Western Australia and uh, take sort of a split 50-50 rehab and academy role at the Western Force. Um, that role over time went more and more academy-based. Um, and then from there, after three and a half years there, um, last I spent last year over in New Zealand uh, in the Manawatu province, which is sort of a small, uh, pretty rural uh, province of New Zealand, sort of central North Island, um, and worked with uh, everything from their academy right up through to the uh, Mitre 10 Cup squad there. So um, that was last year. And then, yeah, obviously now here in Brisbane and... Um, Current, current role, as I mentioned. So awesome, it's um, been a bit. Yeah, you've done a bit. And that's what probably over the last what, five years, you've travelled around and had various so roles. I left Brisbane in mid-2013. So okay. about seven years. Seven years, awesome. And, and just looking for opportunities just to test your skill set by moving into different codes and different roles. Was that the sort of the goal just to develop yourself and your knowledge? Yeah. Spot on. I actually, um, I sat down with someone else yesterday and sort of talked more of um, like career and that sort of stuff. Um, and I guess yeah, each each role had its own appeal for different reasons as as I went along and as I learned more things about about the craft and about myself. Uh, each one presented a different challenge that I wanted to sort of look further into. Yeah, so, for sure. And yeah. and the reason coming back to Brisbane was for family and to be back around. Yeah, your loved ones. Or yeah, just opportunity. Yeah, uh, uh, probably more so the personal side of it. It was yeah. um, just being where we were in New Zealand. Uh, it was a fair personal sacrifice for myself and my partner. Yeah. Uh, and then just the professional side of that probably wasn't outweighing the personal sacrifice. So it became a bit of a no-brainer to get back here, get close to family and friends for the first time in a while. Oh, awesome. She, she'd done her time for the sentence following me around. So I had what? to uh, yeah. give in. What's her skill set? What, what does she do for work? Uh, master of all. She, uh, Jack, she does yeah. it herself. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, and what made you want to be a strength and conditioning coach? I know we like a bit of a context before I sort of get to answer that question. 
obviously you know that I work for Binnacle Training and one of our offerings is Cert 3 Fitness and obviously we want to inspire our students to you know continue to chase their dreams and move into the fitness world and yeah what made you want to become an S&C coach or you know ex involved in that exercise science background? Yeah so like like any kid I grew up loving sport um, got into a bit of everything um, was never extremely good at any of them but gave everything a go um, and that sort of carried through um, I, I was trying to remember the exact time timeline of this uh, a little while ago around sort of when I started my internship with acceleration who I started working with here in Brisbane uh, and then when all the rest of this stuff happened but the uh, the sort of catalyst for it all was actually um, Mick Fabs the surfer and, and his first yeah. world title um, I got really into the story of him like if you, if you ever get a chance to listen to a podcast that he's been on or um listen to him speak he's unreal story mm. um but i guess the snippet of it that got me was he, he'd overcome a lot of adversity personally um but then right when things were starting to kick off for him as far as starting a challenge for top five positions in the world and things like that he went on a uh, trip to film film some content for his sponsor uh, fell on a wave and essentially tore his, tore his hammy off the bone, full rupture of the thing. Wow. Um, and as a result of that injury, he started actually digging into the physical training side of things. Um, and he was probably one of the first surfers to really actually do that uh, in some formal capacity beyond sort of just having fun with it. Uh, yeah. He actually became a bit more deliberate and planned with it and put people around him. Uh, on a regular basis who advised him on the physical side of things. Um, and he, he's probably responsible for taking surfing up a notch professionally to where it is now. Um, Definitely. So re really early on, I actually wanted to find my way in, into the back pocket of a surfer and travel around the world on the World Surfing Tour. Pretty good um, lifestyle. Yeah, I reckon it would I reckon it'd be all right. Yeah, it's definitely one thing I would love to be able to do. I went to Hawaii about 12 months ago, to this day exactly, um, and got up and got my first wave and it was just, yeah, unbelievable thrill. Um, I just really big longboard, big foam board and fell off a couple of times. You've got to be careful because there's a bit of reef there as well. Yeah, um, so, yeah. But there's, you know, 300 surfers out there and it's just, yeah, it was such an unreal thrill. Like it was just literally going straight. Um, but just the, yeah, the excitement of getting up and staying up for a period of time is sort of like no other experience that I've had in my lifetime. Um, you mentioned there Mick Fanning. Um, did you know who his coach was at that time? Because I, I went, attended a Future Leaders Conference um, probably 12 months ago and I believe he may have spoken. And he did, he did rattle off Mick Fanning, Steph Gilmore. Um, he spoke about some breathing techniques as well. Uh, so that, that would have been Nan Baldwin. Yeah, correct. That's him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He got, got a lot of value out of him. It was very insightful. Yeah, he's um, he's been around heaps of different uh, different sports people. So obviously, um, some big context there around surfers for what he does. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think there's some NRL players have used his services and things yeah, like that I as well. Jess Fox as well, one of the obviously one yep. of our greatest probably Olympians, you know, of all time in, in that sport yeah. in particular. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And, and you mentioned, yeah, so you, you started, obviously, you, you went to uni, so we might go back a little bit. Uh, what's your degree? What's your background uh, and your schooling background? Yep. So um, school went through, um, started in, or started primary school and um, 
came through to a grade nine at Ipswich Grammar and then um, moved down to Brisbane and went to St Lawrence's there. Awesome. Uh, straight from there into um, actually did a year of a Bachelor of Education. Um, initial, well, probably initial thoughts out of school was that uh, the whole exercise science thing was a bit too sciencey for me. Yeah. Um, I battled my way through biology and whatnot, um, grade 11 and 12, and I think I just scraped passes or something there. Um, I did too, don't worry. Now the hell am I going to study exercise science if I can barely uh, pass grade 11 and 12 biology? Hmm. I didn't do any physics. I uh, think I was just passing maths A. Yeah. Um, so I went and did a year of education, um, thinking that uh, as far as coaching goes, teaching is probably the next thing. Yeah. You know, the closest thing to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm the son of two teachers, so um, I'd seen the passion they had for it. So yeah. uh, I went and did a year of that, uh, and then did pretty well. And as I was getting toward the end of the year, and that I sort of went, well, I've got, I've now got grades to get me to that other course that I was thinking about. So yeah. I might go give it a crack. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, went transferred across to um, Bachelor of oh, what at the time was called Bachelor of Applied Science Human Movement Studies yep. at University of Queensland. Uh, and as soon as I got into it, loved it. Um, the first year, like anything uh, that you do, is real general and real science heavy. And yep. I uh, I went back to my high school days of just just scraping passes there. Uh, but as I went through the four years, it became more and more applied and more sort of practical in the sense of what I'd actually be doing with it down the track. Um, and as I, yeah, as it became more more applied, I got better at it. And um, yeah, it was through that that sort of and led to an internship and onward from there. Yeah, for sure. And I guess how do you keep your skill sets relevant? Obviously, things are changing, um, different philosophies. How, how do you continue to upskill yourself so that obviously within your roles now that you you know you're advising on industry you know trends and those types of things? Yeah, this is something I was talking to someone about recently. It's um, especially at the moment with the way things are, with a lot of people not currently in day to day work in the industry. Yeah, there's so much um, there's so much time and so much content out there. For professional development, now um, I see a lot of people doing it, and a lot of it, like it looks to me like a lot of people just want to take a photo of it for Instagram to show they're doing something. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to avoid that personally, just because I know if I listen to too much, I take none of it in. Um, yeah. I I tend to just it all starts from self reflection, self awareness for me. I know I know what I. I know what I know and I have a fair idea what I don't know. Um, and the more I come to know, the more I realise I don't know. Um, so I'm going to stop speaking in riddles now and get <laughs> back to the question. Um, I guess I, I try to get pretty specific. I, uh, the, I guess if you think about the, the job, a big part of it is the sciencey side of things as far as or what, what people think of as the sciencey side of things as far as the physiology and um, biomechanics and that side of stuff. Uh, and then the, the other part is, I guess, the, the people call it the softer skills, but it's really probably the most important part as far as the coaching science side of things. Yeah. That's something that's been a passion of mine. I'm um, currently at the back end of a master's of sports coaching. Awesome. took me eight years of being in the industry to finally decide to go back and do some other study. Yeah. Um, now sort of getting towards the back end of that. 
So um, I've got that on the go. And then aside from that, I just try to sort of um, pick and choose. I see things come up through all sorts of channels. Um, I think as far as exercise science goes, Twitter's a great resource to get onto and um, there's constantly people pushing out the articles that they've published and things like that. Um, so it's, it's a place that's very, uh, makes it very easy to find, um, the resources that will be helpful for you. Um, oh, good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You mentioned there, we've got so much time in our hands at the moment. Obviously the expectation is to stay at home and hashtag save lives. Um, uh, and obviously that's very prominent at this point in time. I have, I've had this chat with probably four or five people already. Um, we, we need to be utilizing our time to, yes, upskill and self-educate ourselves versus, you know, getting distracted by what's around us, Netflix, TVs, you know, other certain things. So there's no better opportunity um, to, yeah, put yourself first, upskill yourself, and then potentially pivot um, what you're doing in your current world to potentially, yeah, trans get those skills to be translatable across various different fields. So, yeah, I think it's, especially in, obviously in the education world, in my world that I'm coming from at the moment, um, you know, students are becoming their own teachers, essentially. You know, they're having to, without, yes, there's a degree of guidance from the deliverer. You know, some of the teachers are jumping on these types of platforms like Zoom or Skype or Google Hangouts and delivering an online session. But a bit of the onus is now falling back on the learner, which I think is only going to enhance or hopefully enhance those students who are going to apply themselves into their studies um, it's only going to help, obviously, teachers be more recognisable in society. You know, parents now having to fulfil the role of the mother, the dad, you know, the educator, you know, the person setting the boundaries and the guidelines. And I've got a conversation um, this afternoon with another person who works in the educational space. And that's definitely one of the questions that we're going to be touching. It's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy time. It's completely different. different, And we, I think we just need to be adaptable. We need to be yeah, the willingness to pivot and be a little bit flexible as well. So it's definitely a crazy time. Um, I think it's a good time. We might now jump into the, your sporting world um, and look at uh, how should athletes um, stay fit during this time of COVID? Um, I know we've got a couple of sports in season. You've obviously got the men's AFL are in season, but the rugby league, you've got rugby union. What should I, we'll start with professional athletes. What should professional athletes be doing at this point in time to keep up their fitness and be called upon yeah. when the season gets back into play? Yeah, I guess um, from, from what I've seen around the place, but the first thing that professional clubs have been tackling is um, the athlete as a person. Uh, yeah. So making sure that they're all sweet uh, personally, like it as a, uh, as someone who's been in the environment, like you, you get very used to um, just going in every day and get to hang around with, hang around with the guys, hang around with the girls, um, yeah. just hang around with the staff. Um, it's a it's a very very um, cool environment to be a part of. It's a real privilege to uh, get to go in and do that every day. So to have that taken away for an extended period of time, uh, when you've really for a lot of those codes just clicked into gear, really, yeah. uh, it can be tough mentally. So that was the first point of call for a lot of the places um, people I've heard from and people I've spoken to about how they've been going about it. Um, from a physical standpoint, I guess first point of call is making sure that you have have the players ready to return um, whenever that may be. Uh, the lowest possible risk of injury. So making sure that muscles and tendons and things like that are um, still sort of 
being uh, being tested with the kind of loads that they need to be. So when you come back, you can jump into as close to uh, optimal loads of training as possible yeah. without putting players at unnecessary risk of injury. So that's first point of call. I guess second point of call is um, addressing some of the areas of need that you might have. Uh, so if a player has had prior hamstring injuries or something like that, you've now got this patch where we've, that we've never had before in the year that almost lets you go and really put some development into areas of specific need. Um, so there's some positives in that. There's, there's some silver linings um, to the clouds in that sense where if you've got players who do have specific needs, you can now go on the attack a little bit in those um, in those areas, provided the resources are um, there for it. And, it. and even if they're not, it provides you as the coach a chance to get a bit more resourceful with it and find a way. Yeah, um, so, yeah, uh, I guess as far as those resources, I've seen a lot of clubs um, put together packs, I guess, where like they, they've just done an, essentially a stock take of their of their gym or of their rehab facility or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and each each player has walked out and chucked in the back of a ute, a barbell, a couple of plates, a couple of dumbbells and uh, whatever else. So, you know, that's the, that's the pros of being a professional athlete, I guess, that uh, someone's going to supply you with that stuff at a time like this, whereas the rest of us are going around and trying to build ourselves a home gym out of pipes and whatever else is around the house. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other side of it is that is their job. So uh, where you and I are sitting here talking to each other through a laptop, they they need to have a footy. They need to have a barbell. Yeah, So sure. um, Yeah. But I yeah. guess that's the end of it. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely a crazy time. And it, would you probably advise, you know, having some strict structures in your place? Obviously, you've got to have that probably some conversation with your family. You know, that's essentially their, their job is to stay fit and, you know, perform on the sporting field because that's essentially who their employer is. You know, it's probably worth having that conversation with family. You know, a lot of these players will probably have younger kids and you've got to juggle being a father or a mother and also juggle, you know, putting an hour in or a couple of hours in per day, morning, afternoon, in and around, obviously, life at home just to yeah, make sure that, hey, you're stretching, you're yeah, training, you're going for a run, you, you know, you're staying physically and aerobically active as well. So yeah, would that be your advice? Yeah, 100%. It's not something they'd be entirely new to because they still have that patch through off-season where they, they, they term it active rest. Yep. And um, everyone's still training in that time. It's just, a, it's just a matter of what and how much and things like that. So I'd imagine this period right now, they're probably doing a bit more than what they would in that time. Um, so it would look very similar in terms of balancing that family and, um, and the training demands, but probably just more frequent training uh, where it might only be a couple of days a week during that active rest period. Maybe it's three, four, five days a week uh, at the moment, depending on who you are, what phase of your career you're in. Sure. Let's flip it. Let's flip it. What about the general population? How can they stay fit? What would you advise to them, you know, to, you know, keep fit at home? Obviously we see a lot of people walking and riding and those types of things, dusting out the old spin bikes or, the old pushies that have been sitting and collecting dust for the last five or 10 years. Yeah. What, what are some people that, yeah, the general population can do to stay fit? I know I'm guilty. My running career has taken off. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's a good time. Like, there's no better time of year than we're actually currently in right now to start getting active. It's starting sure. to cool down a little bit. The weather's still pretty good. 
Um, so in that sense, it's we, we've lucked out a little bit. There's a silver lining there. Yes, hundred percent. Um, I, th- I think the best advice I, from what I've seen, just going for walks and runs myself, it's uh, there's not many people that need um, need to be told to get out and get active in a socially responsible way. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think um, the the best advice I'd give is just to start smart and um, so start at a what, what you ideally want to be doing. Probably start at a slightly lower amount that you're doing or start at a slightly lower intensity and um, build up. Like I know for me, the, uh, the old calves are getting older and older as I go. And um, if I had started doing, doing the runs that I wanted to be doing, I only would have lasted the first week of uh, social distancing and then I would have been at home on ice. Yeah, so sure. I had to hold myself back. There was a couple of days where I got up and I went, oh, I want to go for a run today. And I just had to play it, play it a bit smarter. Um, so, yeah, so get active. Um, make sure it's something you enjoy. I think it's a big one like you're not going to keep doing it especially after this is after we go back to work or uh after we return to somewhat of a normal routine you're not going to keep doing the things that you're doing now unless you really enjoy them and can For sure. uh meld them into your daily your normal daily routine so make sure it's something you don't want to stick with um and just listen to your body and stay smart with it yeah, I think, mate, that's golden advice. I've, I've been reading a book. I um, just started getting through it. And you may have read it, uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, it's, actually, uh, it's on my audibles as I'm running at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's a cracker. He talks about, yeah, systems and processes and ensuring good habits. So, yeah, if you, if you haven't had the chance to read that book or listen to it, I'm the same as you. I'm not a great uh, reader. But, yeah, it's multitasking, walking, running. Um, I've been on the spin bike. Yeah, that's been flowing in the background so it's a yeah, golden golden book and if you can get it yeah jump in and, and listen um so yeah a couple of good things yeah just simply start you know don't put it off we always we're a little bit hesitant or reluctant to just you know start with a walk you know do a block go a little bit longer the next day like i've got an eight month year old boy at home and you know i generally take him with me as well like he loves getting outside and you just get some fresh air and just helps us um helps both of us out and Sometimes we strategically um, plan in a bit of a sleep as well. So depending on how many his day sleeps go, like depending on which direction I turn him around. So if he's had his adequate day sleep, well then he, you know he's facing the world and he's looking around and seeing what's what's going on. And then otherwise, you know, sometimes if he needs you know a twenty or thirty minute kip, then he's sort of tucked in there. So, and so yeah, I've been trying to multitask and yeah, blend in with my routine in that way. And it also gives the wife an extra hour or an hour and a half just so a bit a bit of um, peace of mind and have that detachment as well, which has then freed her up to, you know, she's been doing a bit of colouring in, just something something completely different, you know, keep the creative juices flowing. She's in, She's got a marketing degree and she's a marketing age, uh, manager. So it's good to have that creativity still flowing, um, just in a different sense, um, which has been good for her. Um, any further advice, mate, to remaining fit as a, as a professional athlete or as just a, the general population to obviously ensure our health and well-being is, is paramount during this time? Oh, I guess as much as I said, um, like make sure it's things you enjoy. Also try new things. Get out there and if you've never tried yoga, go try yoga. If you, um, if something's, you know, there's so, there's, there is, as we talked about, as far as professional development, there, there's also so many resources out there right now that people are offering up uh, exercise-wise. Uh, mm. I know for the ladies, Chris Hemsworth's out there putting um, putting some stuff up. Yeah, so. free content. I think it was like six yeah. weeks of free free online training. 
program. Yeah. So. No one would be mad about that. So, um, yeah, I think that there's so much out there. Just give things a go. And, um, who knows? It might kick something off for you um, after all this. Definitely. And, yeah, highly recommend, yeah, dusting the bike out. I've, I've got mine sitting there. The tyres are a bit flat. The chain's probably slightly rusty, but I might be able to get away with it for a period of time. But I think, yeah, as you said, just get out, give it a crack. You never know. Like I've, I've come from a, yeah, quite a sporting background, a lot of team-based um, environments. So for me, training my, by myself has been slightly harder. Um, and obviously just trying to, yeah, shift from work mode and have those clear structures. I'm sort of trying to get a, a ride in during the middle of the day just to break my day up because you get, you get stuck in, you know, sifting through emails and fielding phone calls and those types of things as well. It's good to disconnect from technology. Um, yes, we've got it there, multitask, put a headset in so you can, you're keeping your brain ticking over as well. Like you listen to podcasts and yeah, if you're not reaching out on podcasts, there's, there's so much learning to obtain um, through those t- types of services. You can definitely jump on and self-educate yourself through a range of different uh, articles or magazines and those types of things. And just simply, yeah, spend some time upskilling yourself um, versus, you know, trying to stream two, three seasons of Netflix of your favourite TV show or whatever, I think, during this time is is pivotal. Uh, mate, this has been a lot of fun. Um, would you be happy for people to reach out and ask you questions? Um, do you want to yeah. Yeah, maybe tag your, your socials or your LinkedIn account where they can yeah, get in contact? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I have no idea how someone would uh, get onto my LinkedIn, but just search for Ben Brugman, B-R-U-G-M-A-N. Um, Beautiful. I'm pretty sure there's not too many, too many of me out there. Uh, Twitter, if anyone wants it, is at Ben Brug, just B E N B R U G. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's uh, get in touch through there and happy Beautiful. to go from there. Awesome, mate. Yeah, we'll put them down below um, once we post this as well, just so people can, yeah, reach out and have a conversation. Um, there's so much power in collaboration. You know, through these digital channels, you've got LinkedIn, which is you know, where we essentially first connected. And then we've had a coffee since. And then it's led to a Zoom podcast. It was going to be a potential delivery at a workshop, but that's obviously gone a bit, gone a different path. And hopefully we can, we can get back into that um, in the weeks, the months to come. But thank you very much for jumping on, mate. It's been, as I said, been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. And hopefully we can do this again in the near future. 